Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what the heck works with social media. Today's show is sponsored by Social Media Marketing World 2018, the mega conference for you that is just around the corner. I am really excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Marcus Sheridan, and we'll explore how to sell with video. If you're in sales, and let's be honest, who isn't in sales these days, then you need to listen to this episode. By the way, if you want to reach me, you can email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. Let's now transition over to this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in a social jungle, here's this week's survival tip. This week, I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? I found a cool online tool to help you upscale your images. Oh, interesting. Upscale. Yeah. Why don't you explain what that means for people that may not understand what that means? Yeah. So what this means is if, you, if you've got image or video content that uh, is a certain resolution, but you're going to display it on a display that is larger than that, often it starts to blur and become pixelated. But if you upscale something, it starts to take samples of different pieces of that content and then fill in the blanks so it retains its clarity. Very cool. So what is this tool called? So what this is called is called literally Let's Enhance, and you can find it at letsenhance.io. And what this is, is it's for images, and you go to that website, and you can either drag and drop or click and find files on your computer, and it, what it does is it upscales 4x preserve, while preserving the quality of your image. Can you tell, or does it look really good? It looks really good. Like it goes from like blurry to retina kind of display. Wow. To claim a, you know, yeah, this is really from Apple. Yeah. This is really valuable for anybody who um, is doing any web work and they have uh, people that are on their website that have 4K or 5K video displays like I do. Um, having that retina version of the image, which is usually double the resolution, is not always an option when someone provides you a screenshot. And it sounds like this is just going to go ahead and make that look crystal clear. What a cool thing. Or or if you don't have the original source image, right? And someone designed right. something for you and you need a higher resolution version of it. So how does it actually work? So it's using this kind of neural network technology where it fills in the missing details for you by analyzing the photo. I mean, this is, well, what's this the process? is where technology you just, has gotten. Is yeah. it a web-based thing? You just upload the image? Yeah, or what? it's, it's web-based. It, it, you literally upload the photo, it analyzes it, and then kicks it back out to you to download. Hmm. And you can compare the before and after images. And it's, I mean, geez, it's, it's, it's amazing. Wow. So is there, is it free? It's free. Yeah. Fascinating. They must be advertising all over the site or something like that. Not that I can see, but I think they're just trying to get their name out there. So, huh. Let's enhance.io. That's it. I wonder, 
so if you found this horrible image um, that was super small, you could also make it bigger uh, using something like this and it would look nicer. That That's so fascinating. Well, yeah, even, I mean, even for like really small, like thumbnail, like headshot thumbnail kind of things, like mm. it would blow it up to where it would be higher quality to, to maybe print out or something. So very cool. And for the social marketer, maybe you had an image designed by a designer for uh, your Facebook group or your Facebook page, and you can't find the original graphics or the designer is no longer available. Well, you could go to this site, put that image in there. It's going to pop out a high res version of it. Then you could upload it back to Facebook and crop it and it would look pretty nice, right? Yep. Very cool. Again, that URL is? Let'sEnhance.io. Sweet. Thank you so much, Eric. You're welcome. And now for today's interview with Marcus Sheridan. Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide. This week, I'm very excited to be joined by Marcus Sheridan. If you don't know who Marcus is, he is an amazing keynote speaker. He's formerly known as the Sales Lion. He's also a partner at Impact, a digital sales and marketing agency. And he also co-authored the book, They Ask, You Answer, and But Wait, There's More. He also co-hosts the Hubcast podcast. Try to say that three times fast. Marcus, welcome back to the show. Mr. Stelsner, I think this is our, what, third or fourth hoorah? At least. Yeah, I think it might be the fourth one. So um, today, you and I are going to talk about using video content to sell. And I'm, yes. I'm really excited about this because I'm talking to a guy who used to be known as a sales lion. And I'm talking to a guy that's into video. So how cool is that? So Marcus, um, want to go back in time a little bit um, and talk about how you first got involved with video for your marketing and start wherever you want, maybe River Pools, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, for me, I mean, you know, how so many things start with my swimming pool company. And, and for those that don't know me, I own a swimming pool company to this day, but I used to, you know, be in it full time. Now I'm just a pretty much a silent partner that helps oversee some of our digital sales and marketing stuff. But you know, we embraced uh, blogging in 2009, Michael, and, and, and that same year, about at the end of the year, I started just saying, man, I really need to do video. I got to show this stuff. And man, I, I can remember my first video well. Um, it, was, it was late at night. It was in my office. And I went and I got two big uh, work construction lights like you would see construction workers use like on a bridge or whatever to light it up and so uh, i put these in my office because i didn't have enough light and i was sitting behind a desk (laughs) i can imagine like these huge floods right (laughs) oh huge floods yes those big yellow ones that you see and uh in the subject which is super nerdy and nobody uh, would care here but it was it was called the truth about salt chlorine generators everything you should know and so salt chlorine generators is a way to sanitize your pool with salt, right? And so that was the title. And I really looked like, when you look at the video, my skin, because of the lighting, is so uh, pale looking. It looked like I'd been at the bottom of a lake for the last three days and they just <laughs> pulled me out. And uh, the shadow effect is unbelievable. But, you know, I look at that video like, hey, this is it's a huge victory. Just like your first blog article, is, that was a big victory for me, Michael, because I hit publish and I uploaded my first YouTube video and I realized, wow, this is a special medium. And today we've got, you know, a few million views on our YouTube channel with River Pools. Wow. So this was 2009? Yeah, 2009. Same year that a particular website started called 
social media examiner. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> I hear that's a pretty good site. So, <laughs> so in 2009, you created this video talking about salt chlorine generators, which I happen to be an owner of multiple salt chlorine generators. So I learned the truth the hard way, Marcus. <laughs> and you went on to, uh, to do more. So tell me the rest of the story. So uh, bring us wherever, what's, you know, at what point did you realize, okay, video is working. What did you do next? Well, I, you know, I just, I accept reality for what it is. And I know how we have all become just visual learners and, and we continue to to do it with river pools. And my philosophy at river pools became, uh, unless we show it, it doesn't exist. So in other words, we're not allowed to just say it. And, And this is something that all companies can, can really learn from. It's, it's funny is if you ask a company, what makes you special, Michael? They'll tell you a bunch of things. And then if you do a comparative analysis, oftentimes you'll find that their competitors say the exact same thing. And so if everybody in a marketplace is saying the same things about themselves, what does it mean? It doesn't mean anything because it's just noise until you show the thing. And so our philosophy at River became, unless we show it, it doesn't exist. And of course, then I started trying to, my best, to teach that with the sales line. And so about two years ago, we we started, we went on this um, campaign, if you will, which I haven't seen any agency, honestly, do any marketing agency, which is teach companies how to develop a culture of in-house video production, which has been an amazing journey, and we've learned a ton along the way. So uh, one of the more recent things that you've done is your own little show. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about what that is. Well, if you're referring to The Balance, yeah, I did The Balance uh, for um, about a year, which was just showing how my personal and professional life uh, intertwine. I think there's so much out there today on just hustle and grind and all that stuff is good and has value. But it's funny, I've talked to a lot of people that, that have, you know, watched some of Gary stuff or watched other people's stuff. And it's like, man, I watched that and half of me is inspired. Half of me is just like really depressed and demotivated. And I'm like, that's not, that's not me. And, and so I wanted, to, I wanted to produce something that showed the other side of the coin and how you can really crush it personally and professionally. And uh, so that was really, really fun. I enjoyed it. It taught me a lot about the documentary process, just like you're going through, you know, right now with your new show there at Social Media Examiner, which I think is awesome. Thank you. And uh, I think it's, you know, so much of, of video, it's just, it's just this process. Of, you have to embrace the messy that comes with him. And we want stuff to be perfect and we want it to be good. And video humbles almost all of us, and it teaches us so much. But because we're all going to have to be media companies, whether we like it or not, then the time is now to start embracing this messy, getting through that difficult period to the point where we're like, okay, wow, I'm, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable behind the camera. I'm comfortable in front of the camera. I'm comfortable with the uploading and the distribution process. You know, all these things, it takes time. Well, and I just want to... Um state for the record that I am a strong believer that video content is going to be absolutely essential 
in 2018, 2019, 2020, we are seeing, especially on the social platforms, they're all moving towards a platform of video, whether it be Instagram and Facebook stories and Snapchat with short form storytelling, whether it be YouTube and Facebook watch with longer form storytelling, even LinkedIn native video, they're all moving towards a consumption model of video. So that's important for everyone to understand as we begin to continue on with this dialogue. So well, two things with that though, Michael, two things. Yeah. Number one, they say by the year 2019, 80% of the content we consume online, is going to be video-based content, right? Wow. That's an incredible study. And that basically means we're, we're months away and if you look at that, it's like what percentage of your website right now, and I'm saying yours, but whoever's listening to this, is is video and visually based content. And that's profound. And that's why I mean we're all media companies. We got to think like media companies. That's why my swimming pool company has a full-time videographer. Uh, Impact now, uh, who, who I am an owner of, has uh, essentially we've got three videographers, but one full-time and some others that are part-time. I mean, you know, it's just where we're all headed. And I don't care what you do. You've got to see yourself as if you're a one-man shop. You now are the videographer, and you're going to have to work through these things because this is where we're going. Okay, so let's talk about what do we need to be thinking about before we get started. Um, and then we're going to get into like different types of videos that we can use to sell. But there's plenty of people listening right now that are like, you know, battling internally, maybe inside their company or inside their own mind. What do they need to be thinking about? before they get started with video marketing? Well, I, I think, you know, you've heard me say this before, but the, the number one email that I've gotten over the last eight years since I've been writing about this stuff and talking about speaking about it is not from business owners that need help. It's from marketers who are frustrated because they have a vision of what they know would work. They see where the trends are headed but their team doesn't doesn't buy in. They don't see it. The, the CEO, sales manager, whomever doesn't see it. And they just feel like stallions that are pent up. And if a stallion is pent up and can't run, can't create, well, then they either jump the fence or they die. There are a lot of frustrated marketers out there right now. And this is now happening with video as well. A lot of people want to embrace video. And what happens is, we want to embrace video, especially the marketing department, whether, again, you're an army of one or many. But then all these people come up and, and they have all these reasons why it can't be done. But almost every single time, the reason why good ideas get rejected is because of ignorance. And the reason why ignorance occurs is because we have allowed them to be uneducated. And they've become uneducated because they haven't attended, let's say, the social media marketing worlds or the inbounds or whatever that event is. They haven't looked at the stats. They haven't looked at the trends. They don't know what's possible. You know, I, I say this all the time, Michael. It's like you got these marketers that are complaining. I'm like, okay, you go to your CEO and you say, what's my budget for education this year? Like conferences and events. And let's say it's 5000 bucks. You say, okay, I want to give that $5,000 to you and the sales manager to attend social media marketing world, let's just say. And I want you to attend all the social and the video tracks because you all need to catch this vision more than I need to catch this vision. But you see, nobody does that, Mike. And that's where we've got to start. So to me, the number one thing you got to start with is, am I getting everybody on the same page? Am I getting the buy-in? And if I'm not, what do I need to do to get that buy-in? Because otherwise, you're going to get too much resistance. What about, what about coming at it from a perspective of, hey, this is going to bring revenue to the company from a sales perspective? 
Well, so this is the number one mistake that companies make when they start with video. The number one mistake that they make is they look at it as a marketing initiative. Video is a sales initiative. In fact, the majority of the subject matter experts that you put on camera should be from your sales team or leadership team or customer facing team, BD, whatever it is. And here's a quick way for you to realize, all right, we're on the right track. And that is, is the video you're creating, could it be used by the sales team right now to facilitate the sales process? In other words, to help them close more deals. If you create a video and a salesperson looks at it and say, it's nothing to me, I have no value for it, well then you haven't done much. Maybe it's going to get a few likes and views, but if you want to create a culture of video, it means you're going to have to have success showing revenue and you got to get your sales team on your side. And so that's where it starts. This is another really, really big mistake. And then of course the next mistake, and, and maybe you want to talk about this, Michael, is the types of videos we should be creating in the first place. Yeah. Well, let's, let's zoom right into that right now. So what are some types of videos that we could, you know, we should be creating? Um, All right. This, I'm just so passionate about this subject right here because you know, we have at the sales line, at the sales line and now with Impact, we've trained, I guess, about, I don't know, 35 companies on uh, in establishing this culture of in-house video. I've trained a few uh, dozen videographers that uh, we've helped hire. And so really passionate about this area. And again, more often than not, it's a slapstick shotgun approach to the videos that they're producing. They're thinking, what's going what's gonna to do great? Like, give me some views on social. Here's where it starts, folks. The most important video that you can create right now is what's called the 80% video. Now, what's the 80% video? The 80% video is the video that addresses the 80% of questions your sales team gets on a first sales call that are the same or, in other words, redundant every single time. So in other words, if you talk to any sales organization, any sales team in the world, and you say, what percentage of the questions you get on the first sales call are generally the same every time? They're going to say, oh, 8 out of 10, <laughs> 80%. And so what would happen if you could eliminate those 80% of questions before that first sales appointment? What would happen if they could hear your voice, they could see your face, and they could know your company doctrine before you have shaken their hand and introduced yourself to that person. Now that's the power behind the 80% video. That's where you start. And so what you do is you brainstorm with your sales team. What are the questions we get all the time? You come up with what I would say the top seven to 10, Michael. Now, then you create an individual video in each one of those questions. So let's say you have seven that you come up with. You're going to create seven individual videos, and at the end of that, you're going to mash up the best, most salient points from that, and that's going to be your 80% video. And then you're going to immediately integrate it into your sales process, and it's a game changer. Any questions oh, about that? Yeah, that so what I hear you saying is you're going to, you're going to um, identify the biggest questions the sales team gets asked which also might be known as objections, right? And then you're going to have an answer to them. And then you're going to just kind of um, uh, edit those down into one video. Is that what I hear you saying? 
Yeah, you edit them down into one video. Now, it doesn't mean the video is short. There's right. this terrible um, myth out there that short videos are the only way to go. It's outrageously false. I mean, for example, I own a swimming pool company. If you know that a salesperson is coming to your house tomorrow to get you to possibly sign a contract for a hundred, dollars $150,000 pool, do you think you're willing to watch a video longer than 90 seconds to answer your major questions? Of course. <laughs> of course you are. In fact, our average uh, customer has watched over 20 minutes of video at River Pools and Spas. Cool. And so – this is, un- this is like this is undeniable data, and unfortunately, too many marketers have bought into this idea that every video is supposed to be ninety seconds or less. It's just not true. Awesome. So we've got the eighty percent video. Let's yes. just come up with some others. Okay. Second one that nobody's doing. Love this one. Is bio videos for your sales team. Once again, you notice how this is all about sales, Michael. And so, um, a couple overlooked uh, elements here. The number one overlooked email marketing opportunity that every single one of us has is what we have in our email signature. Now, most salespeople send out anywhere between 10 to 40 emails a day to prospects and customers. And they have signatures in every single one, but rarely do they ever have a video. And so everybody in 2018, whether you're in sales or not, we should have a video, excuse me, a, a we should have an email signature, but a video in that signature. And what is the video? Well, it's a short bio video talking about, hey, this is who I work with at my particular company. Here's the problem that I solve. Here's my interest outside of work. And I'm very excited to work with you. 60, 90, 120 seconds. That's all it is. But again, it's all about this simple premise. And here's the power behind video is that they should see us and hear us and know us before we see, hear, and know them. And if we do that, we're going to be very successful. So that's number two. I love that. So are you just essentially... What do you say in the in the bio on the what do you say in the email footer? Do you say like check out my I mean give me what's the language we put and then a YouTube link? Like what what how, what Yeah, so so how it works is if you're using a tool like Ystamp, it's just pulling it from YouTube. And so when you upload it to YouTube, the description that you use is like you're talking to the person in your email signature. In other words, it might say, Hey, why am I in your inbox? Right? Or Oh, hey, it's me, Marcus from from Impact. Why am I in your inbox, and what am I all about, or something like that, or what do I do? Does here it automatically Impact? play when it comes into the email? No, it it doesn't automatically play. Okay, but but if you use like the number one email signature tool out there right now is Ystamp. Now there's some other more advanced ones like Sigster, which integrates into your marketing automation. Here's what's crazy though, Michael. If you do the analytics, you're going to be blown away by how many people actually watch your videos that are embedded into your email signature. It's a crazy amount at the end of the month, especially if you're in sales. How do you spell the Y stamp? Is it W-H-Y? W-I-S-E stamp. Y stamp. Y's stamp. Now, if you don't have that kind of tool, but you do have like a Google account, I would imagine you could just go and create a custom signature and just say... um, 
a couple words and then have a YouTube link, right? Like, um, yeah, you you totally could. But Y Stamp is easier because there's a free version, and they have they have all your social icons built in for you. It's super professional looking, and the the difference between the paid and the and the non paid is they just have this thing at the bottom that says you know created by Y Stamp, right? And so oh okay, so, so you strongly you don't recommend hundred bucks a year. You just get that little bit little tag, but otherwise it's you know you you got a really hot signature that's super simple to create. And anybody listening to this could do it in like five minutes. Sweet. Okay, good. Keep them coming, man. What's next? Okay, uh, next place you got to do it. Crazy stat. They say, and these are the experts, if you have a video on a landing page, it can increase conversions by 80% or more. But most landing pages, in other words, that page where you have a form for somebody to fill out for that ebook, for that guide, for that white paper, for that webinar, for that request a quote, uh, whatever that thing is that you want them to, to fill out the form, give you their email address, your inf- their information. Well, a lot of people need some type of further visual confirmation, a psychological confirmation that they're not getting ready to make a bad choice by giving you their private information. And so by simply having this, and if anybody is is um, listening to this right now, and, and the sales line is still going to be up we'll, uh, you know, it's it's going to be up for a while as we, you know, the sales line and, and impact, we merged together at the beginning of 2018. But if you still go to our contact page, all right, if you go to our contact us page right now, the salesline.com, and you, and you look at it, you'll see a video next to the contact us form. It is one of the funniest videos you're ever going to see. And it gives people a great sense for the style that we have at the company that we're fun. We don't take ourselves too seriously. So it gives you a great chance to create some laughs. If you go to any landing page at River Pools, you're going to see some hilarious, silly, goofy, great videos that are just chill. They're fun. Get creative with this. 80% lift. I've seen this. It works. It works. I can you also, more, Michael? well, I can also speak to this particular thing because I've been doing this for years. Um, we come out with our social media marketing industry report every year, and I create a um, short video that showcases what's inside this like 50 page report. And I just, it's super small res, so they can't really like read it, you know, but they can see it and they can hear my energy showcasing what they're about to get if they put in their name and email address. And I can tell you that I get tons of people watching that video and tons of people opting in. So, you know, if you, if that's just another way to use the exact same thing you just mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. It's powerful. Powerful. Uh, last one, last one. So, um, this is a video that I originally created with the sales line, and we've done it since then with uh, clients with incredible success, and that is this. Every company says who they are, right? They say who they serve and the problems they solve or their solutions, which is a terrible word, by the way, but everybody wants to use that on their website. Um, so instead, think about creating a who we're not a good fit for video. And in this video, you honestly and transparently talk about, look, hey, here at Impact or here at River Pools, we're not necessarily the best fit for everyone. And so, for example, if you're looking for this, this, and this, well, then we might not be the best fit for you, right? And so you have this conversation that allows people to say, oh, my goodness, this person is actually willing to be honest enough with me to help me put myself where I am to self-select. I mean, every buyer today, the psychology of today's buyer is self-selection. That's what they want to do. And so by willing to say 
who you are, but who you're not and who you're not a good fit for, you become dramatically more attractive to those that you actually are a good fit for. And so those are just a few videos that if you do them, I'm telling you, Michael, you're going to be very, very different than those in your marketplace. Where? Okay, let's talk about this last one. Like where contextually are we using such a video um, who we're not good for? Um, I would suggest you using it in your about area. Okay. And I would also suggest that you integrate it into your sales process early on, right? And so, so in other words, um, for the longest time at the sales line, we – we didn't offer certain services, right? And so because we didn't offer certain services, we have videos that would explain, so here's some of the services we don't do. So when we would get leads that I felt were a bad fit, I would send those videos out and say, hey, look, I want you to watch this video. And if you if you feel like we're a good fit after watching this video, let's go ahead and set up a call for next week. Mm-hmm. So the power behind that's twofold. Number one, they have to spend the time to watch the video. Even though the video is not long, they have to spend the time. A lot of people, because they're fundamentally lazy, they're going to drop out right there. And that eliminates me having a potential really, really bad sales call, right? And number two, Now, once they do talk to me, I know they've seen my face, they've heard my voice, and they know Marcus Sheridan. That's essential because there's nothing worse, and anybody that's in sales knows this, that when you have that first sales call and you can tell they're so fundamentally ignorant about either you, your company, the problems you solve, or they're just asking you really, really basic questions like, so um, are your pools in the ground or are they above the ground? I mean, that's like... (laughs) Yeah. Uh, code red. We got us a problem. Getting ready to waste 45 minutes of my life. Right, 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 right. Um, awesome. So we've gone over th- uh, four different cut types. The 80% video, which is addressing the questions that most often come. The bio video for the sales team, which is um, a little bit about who you are. Um, a video on a landing page uh, that generally you recommend as being kind of quirky and fun. And then if it fits your brand, if it fits your brand and a, who were not a good fit for video. Mm -hmm. So, um, are you finding that a lot of the people that you've gone and trained are using these with success and what have been some of the results from it? Oh man, it's been, uh, it's tremendous. You know, here's, here's some of the biggest surprises, uh, that we've seen that we've seen. Number one, um, most people in your organization can be very effective on camera. Unfortunately, most believe they're not effective on camera. Just like a lot of people believe they're not good public speakers when everybody's got a teacher within. I've been really surprised uh, over the last, I guess, about 18 months, I've been getting more and more requests from organizations that want us to come in and train their sales team and subject matter experts how to perform on camera. This is what I found, Michael. If you just spend two to three hours with a group, you can literally teach them how to be very effective on camera to the point where they go from saying, one minute, I'm terrible on camera, to say, wow, I'm not that bad. I'm, I'm actually pretty good. And so don't believe this idea that your, t- that your team, that your employees are not good on camera. But what you don't want to do is you don't want to just throw them on camera and say go because that's setting them up to fail and it's not very fair and so that's absolutely something um that uh that we've learned also so let's talk about it uh let, okay. let's give a couple tips to folks that might be listening yeah. right now that are like a little skittish about getting on camera what can we do Love to it. improve all right so there's two major tips that we teach clients so the first uh major tip is that when you start a take or when you start a video 
whatever happens, <laughs> you can't stop. That is the core rule. So, in other words, so you, you drop know, water on your leg or whatever, you just keep going, it right? Does, it, it, yeah, that's right. You realize your fly is down. You zip it back up. You keep talking. I mean, literally, you just go. You flub over a word. You don't stop. And this goes back to the principle of yes and that you see in improv and that many you know actors use. But it's always, regardless of what you say, you're moving forward. Because here's the reality, Michael. If somebody knows they can stop, they start stopping a lot more because the safety net is there. All right, so they got to know they can't stop. That's number one. Number two, number two tip, you can do it again. And so if you go through the entire take, you work it out. It's like a full draft of, you know, of an article or whatever. It's, it's a, you work the draft through. You work out the kinks. And then if you don't feel great about it, you do it again. And so there is oftentimes power the second or the third time that you do it. But generally speaking, if they don't get it by the fourth time, we say, just move on. Just move on. And so these are little tips that if you follow those two things, you can't stop. But you can do it again after you've completed the first round. It's amazing. And here's what will happen too, Michael. You'll see oftentimes that when you first start with video and you take a subject matter expert and you're working with them on camera, that – in the first 15 to 30 minutes, they'll do oftentimes multiple takes because this is a muscle. It's much like exercise. You know, you, you, as you go, you get stronger, you get faster. And then somewhere around 20 to 30 minutes in, you start doing one take, one take, one take. And the confidence builds. It's fascinating to watch. They get in the zone. They get in flow. You've seen this as a speaker. You know, you might feel a little bit disjointed your first five minutes. But all of a sudden, you get in flow, and then, bam, you're just killing it by the end. It's the same thing with the camera. And you really got to teach your team that it's not the camera. Because what's funny is if you ask any salesperson or most subject matter experts, are you good with people? Can you talk with people? Almost everybody says yes. But then you say, are you going on camera? They say, well, no. And that's because they see the camera differently than they see a person. Right. The moment you start seeing the camera as a person, as a prospect or as a customer that you're talking to, literally that like you envision that person, well, then generally speaking, you become much, much more effective. What's your thoughts about actually doing a practice round and just telling them, hey, this is just a practice round, but actually hitting the record button? And do you, do you think there's something about seeing the knowing that they're actually being recorded that's a mental uh, block for some people? Um, there may be. I don't ever do it that way. I don't think there's anything wrong uh, with that at all. But I, I tell you this, um, one big helper that you can do is you have someone interview them on camera, right? And so if um, – I like that. We're used to talking with people, right? Right. And so if you just have that – person facilitating the conversation that interviewer can see when they start to struggle can jump in it's the same thing you do with podcasts right michael you'll, you'll see somebody just struggling with their words and then you might jump in and gives them a second to recover and then all of a sudden they're back in flow and they're good and so this is the easiest way to help somebody build more and more confidence because frankly most people don't just kill it by themselves on camera from the get-go i would suggest having someone interview them most of the time and if anybody watches any reality television at all, this is how they do it. They ask 
the, they ask the same question a different way, you know, until they get kind of the answer that they're looking for, but they're just recording the whole darn thing, knowing that there just might be that one little piece that they're going to end up making it on the show. And it's, it's so fascinating. I think where I got in trouble in the early days was I tried to memorize a script. Oh my goodness. Yes. Big problem. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that's so much easier when you're being interviewed, right? If you just know kind of the general questions that I'm going to be asking you ahead of time and you can think about those questions, you know, because what I do with all of my guests is I have a conversation, like I had a conversation with Marcus last week. We agreed on the topics we're going to be talking about. I sent Marcus the questions I was going to be talking about. He chose to look at it or not look at it. But at least if he wanted to, he knew what we were going to talk about. So he could have spent a few minutes thinking about it if he wanted to. But because Marcus is a pro, he didn't look at it. <laughs> Am I right? Because <laughs> he didn't need no, to. Because he didn't I need to. I, I, I did. I did. But but, but uh, that's because I know that you're, you're, you would probably end up doing this on air. And I need to be able to answer in the affirmative that I did. But it is good. And it is good that we do that with our team members when we're – uh, I mean, th- this is a must. Like we, we, we don't want to put people in a position to fail. Right. That's ultimately what this comes down to. When deliver a great product and have a great experience. Uh, creating a culture of video does take time, and anything we can do to facilitate that process to make to make it better, to smoother and easier, and to to lessen that learning curve is a wonderful thing. Which I that's why I think exactly what you just said is a great thing. But you're right, scripting can kill it because when we try to script an entire take, it usually takes way more time to prepare it. Right. It looks way more robotic. The person is way more nervous. I mean, I, I you know people say, yeah, we do some scripting over here. I'm like. The only scripting that you should do, if anything, is an outline of bullet points. So, like, I just want to make sure I hit those things. Exactly. Like, that should be the extent of scripting because when was the last time you scripted a conversation you had with a customer? I mean, they asked you questions. You gave them answers because you're a subject matter expert. That's how it works. That's why we get paid money. And it shouldn't be any different with video. Yeah, and it's very rare. I've done well over a 1,000 interviews in my life, and it's exceptionally rare that you have someone who can answer any question with competency um, unless this is all that they do. Like if there's, if literally they're like the public spokesperson for the company and they go out and they deal with these questions day in and day out, then it's a no brainer. But most people, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about getting people that don't necessarily um, get on camera every day and talk about the exact same thing on camera, so giving them a little bit of a heads up that this is what we're going to cover, and knowing that you can re-answer the question, I think is probably wise, right? Because they want to look good on camera. And um, if I were to say to you, Marcus, is there anything else that you want to add, which I'm going to, <laughs> you know, that gives you a chance to say something that maybe you didn't get a chance to say. So I'm going to ask you right now, Marcus, is there anything else yeah. that you want no, to add? I'm, so you bring up a good point, though. The, the surprising benefit to all this we, everybody wants to talk about company culture these days. That's, that's the big word, right? Culture. When you integrate video in your team into the video production process, it enhances the culture. Furthermore, it makes that individual feel a stronger sense of ownership with the brand. And so sometimes people say, I don't want to put my team, my employees, on camera because the headhunters will come after them and and uh, and they'll just go elsewhere. Well, <laughs> there's this thing called LinkedIn and there's no such 
thing as hiding your employees anymore, right? So just get over that. Instead, build their brand. And by building their brand, they're going to become more aligned to yours. Anybody that knows George B. Thomas, that's exactly what I did with him. That's exactly what I did with Zach Basner at the sales line. And that's you know what we're doing now at Impact with as many team members as possible. And it's amazing what it does with the culture overall. I got to say, this is one of the hardest things to do. If you are the owner, CEO, director, manager of a bunch of talented people like I am and Marcus is, it is a mindset shift, right? Because like I now have people that are stars of the journey. I have people that are stars of my uh, social media marketing talk show. You know, I've, I've got all these people that I'm giving a spotlight to and there is that risk that, um, that they're going to flee or that by, by, you know, because we've seen it happen with others in other industries and stuff. But the flip side of it is the benefit of giving them that opportunity is number one, you don't have to be the one to do it all. And number two, it sells, you know? So like if in the end, you know, as a result of following this strategy, you're able to radically increase your sales um, and it does end up resulting in one of your individuals deciding to go off and start their own personal brand. Well, then maybe it was worth it because the alternative might be that you have to fire them because you don't have sales. <laughs> yeah, well, and it goes beyond that too because people worry about losing. What about gaining employees? Exactly. See, what happens is people say, wow, so that CEO, it ain't just about him or her. It's also about his or her team. Exactly. And they want to build the brand of their team. I want to be a part of that. See, I've experienced that personally. I've got a lot of people over the years, man, I'd love to work for you guys. I love how you spotlight your team. I'm like, yeah, that's how we roll. It's a fact. It's part. It's like you're required <laughs> to, to be a part of it because I want to help build your brand if you come on the team. People are attracted to that, man. That's why it, here at Impact now, we're getting a ton of employees from other agencies because there's other agencies where every single email comes from the owner and the CEO. Like, you know, when the owner and the CEO is the only face that anybody ever sees in any email copy, any video, any this, any that, I think that's selfish. I don't think that's uh, big time thinking. I think that is very 1995. I would have to agree with you. And I am definitely a person who was that face for a long time. And I can tell everyone that, you know, people buy from those whom they know, like, and trust. And once they get to know, like, and trust the sales team, the marketing team, the people that are behind whatever it is that runs the company, it's going to benefit everything. Marcus, first of all, thank you for coming on. Thank you for doing some mindset resets <laughs> with some of the people <laughs> listening today. Tell everyone where they can discover um, you and whatever stuff you want them to check out about you. Yeah, well, of course, there's the salesline.com uh, is still out there. Uh, check us out at uh, Impact B as in brand, N as in Nancy, D as in design. So ImpactBND.com. Um, and the new website is MarcusSheridan.com. That's my speaking site. And if anybody ever wants a you know a workshop or wants to do some of this hands-on, obviously that's what we do. It's what I love to do. And uh, email me anytime, Marcus at the salesline. Dot com, Marcus at the salesline.com with any questions, folks. Mr. Sheridan always brings the fire. I hope you found a lot of value in today's episode. If there was anything that you didn't catch, don't worry. We take all the notes at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 287. Also, never miss a future episode of this podcast. Hit that subscribe button on your podcast player. And lastly, 
have you thought about Social Media Marketing World? Because the reality is we are only a couple of weeks away. It's crazy to think it's that close. You can get virtual tickets, by the way, which means if you can't travel, you can get all the content. Simply visit socialmediaworld18.com. Again, socialmediaworld18.com. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner.